Well, so let me, let me put it this way. When I say the word temple, what comes to your mind? You know, maybe it's something like this. Or, or maybe this. Or maybe this. How about this? Well, if you know your Bible, you're, you're probably thinking of something like this, right? Or, or take it even uh, a ways back, uh, back into the wilderness, and it's, it's something like this. You might even, especially during these times, you might even be thinking this. Okay, now, now let's go. What about this one? Is this a temple? How about this one? You probably don't even think that this might be a temple. Is this a temple? How about this one? And that one. In, in 1 Corinthians 6, couched in this uh, longer conversation where Paul's scolding the Corinthian church because they are misbehaving is an understatement. Uh, there's some severe misconduct in, in every area of life. Well, in this chapter, in chapter 6, at the end of it, uh, Paul's reaming into them for their sexual misconduct. But he says this little one-liner, he just kind of drops it like this bombshell uh, that for the earlier, for the original hearers, they would understand uh, in, more, in a more nuanced and sophisticated way than we do what's going on when Paul says this. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So what does the Bible mean when it uses the word temple? Well, earlier we watched the video that the Bible Project put out that explained uh, the epic nature of the theme that is temple. Uh, when the Bible describes temple, it's using lots of, of imagery. It's, it's the Garden of Eden. It's the tabernacle in the wilderness. It's the temple that was constructed as a place where, where sacrifices would be, would be made and the most holy was where God dwelt. Um, and later in the New Testament, Jesus himself uh, goes by and he, he makes himself to be the temple. Um, and then here we see the individual body of every believer is a temple. But later, uh, we're going to explore this over the next couple of weeks, we see that the entire body of Christ is a temple. And so, and then, then take, all, take it all the way to Revelation 21 where we see that God himself and the Almighty, the Lamb, are the temple. And so, which one is it? Well, it's, it's all of them, right? We have, to, we have to understand each of those themes and know the trajectory of those themes and then kind of roll it all up into one and say, this is what the Bible means when it uses the word temple. And so I'm going to summarize it. It's the temple is the place where heaven and earth meet. That's it. The temple is the place where heaven and earth meet. And that's what God is, is trying to communicate as he unpacks this theme all throughout Israel's history, all throughout the, 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 the life of the church, all throughout creation, is that the temple, temple happens when heaven and earth meet. So the temple was meant to be the place where God related to his people most intimately. It was the place where it's kind of like 
you know, with the sacrifices and all the rituals that they would go, uh, that they would go through to relate to God, those were kind of, that's just the way you related to God. And in, a sim- in the same way that uh, when you go on a, a date with someone, there are rituals and rules that you kind of follow, you know, um, and those rules are always up for grabs, especially nowadays. Does the guy buy the meal or does the girl buy the meal? You know, those are all the rituals of, of dating, of growing and in, in, in beginning and cultivating uh, an intimate relationship. Well, that's what the sacrificial system was for, for the Jews back during the time of the temple. But by the time it was, uh, by the time Jesus came around, that system had become so corrupt, had become so oppressive to the poor, and so such a big monster uh, that Jesus knew that it needed to come down. Jesus, when, when Jesus comes into Jerusalem, you know, he weeps for Jerusalem because he says, how I would love to have gathered you, how I would love uh, to bring you under my wing like a, like a hen brings her, her baby chicks. He weeps because he knows that the ideal was that this would become the place where heaven and earth meet, but it's become uh, a den of robbers. It's become a corrupt system. And all the while, that wasn't even the point. Those rituals were actually supposed to point to something deeper. And that's, that's what Jesus does when he, when he goes and he cleanses the temple. He goes, look, this is me. You're messing with me. The temple has always been about me. And I'm doing something way bigger than forcing everyone to come as close as they can to the Holy of Holies. And most people, only one person could go into the Holy of Holies. Uh, forcing people to come with the kind of sacrifice, the best sacrifice they could afford, um, which creates a caste system where the wealthy get to be closer to God and the poor, they're farther back from God. That's a mess. That's not a, what God intended for this. So Jesus was, was angry because the, the dwelling place of God had become this oppressive system. And, and it was never meant to be about the temple in and of itself. It was never meant to be about the rituals. It was never meant to be about those, those sacrifices in that sacrificial system. All right? Jesus wanted to liberate his people from, from the slavery of the temple culture. Now, that's 2,000 years removed from us, and so you, we, have to really, we have to really think about how things change, but people don't. We're still on the lookout for temples. We still, we still have a temple culture today. So here's how you know if you've been stuck in temple culture, if you've been stuck in the rituals, and the rituals have become a, uh, an end in themselves instead of a means to something better. And maybe someone kind of questioned your, your piety or questioned your, your faithfulness to God, and you might have said something like this. Well, you know, I've been going to church my whole life and every time the building is open I'm there and I I never miss a quiet time and I uh, I always tithe at least 10%. If you've ever found yourself uh, in that self-justification mode where you're having to prove how religious you are you're stuck in temple culture and Jesus wants to liberate you from that. Or if you are someone who knows really well, you have a solid understanding of how you are a failure when it comes to all of those things 
that all the religious people are good at. And you know, you just have this sense uh, that God's disappointed in you. And if so, you, you, you might say something like this, you know, I, well, I haven't been in church in years, and even if I, if, if I walked into the church, I'm sure lightning would strike. If you've, if you've ever found yourself in guilt and shame about your relationship with church and going to church or your relationship with Christianity on a whole, you're relating to God with temple culture. You're not relating to God the way that Jesus designed. So Jesus wants to liberate you from temple culture. He wants to liberate you from that kind of mentality. There are, there are secular temples as well. You know, so I just talked about religious temples. There are secular temples too. Uh, you might say, I don't need to go to church because nature is my church. I don't need a temple because the mountains are my temple. That's just an, an example of you wanting to get closer to God on your own terms. You're still making a temple and you're still living within temple culture. Or maybe you have no regard for God at all and you have no desire to get close to God. You have no desire, you feel no desire to do anything that uh, remotely looks like something spiritual or something religious. But you find yourself at the mall or you find yourself every weekend at a sporting event in a large stadium that looks a lot like an ancient temple. Or you find yourself in any venue where the, uh, the topic of conversation is politics. All of those are secular temples. All of those are attempts to, to reach the transcendent, attempts to find meaning, attempts to find significance in something other than religion. You're still looking for a God. You're still looking for a, the experience of the divine. So Jesus wants to liberate us from these from these ideas. And what he does when he goes into the temple, and this happens in John 2. Let's start in, in verse uh, 13. When it, was, when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found men selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting in tables exchanging money. So he made a whip of cords and drove all from the temple area, both sheep and cattle, and he scattered the coins of the money changers, and he overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, Get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? And he goes on to talk about how the disciples were amazed at his zeal for the temple. And then later in the passage, it talks about how after his resurrection, they understood, Oh, it wasn't about zeal for that temple. That temple was going to be destroyed. It was about zeal for himself. And zeal for what the temple means. Zeal for the fact that the dwelling place of God is with man. The zeal for the need to see heaven and earth meet. What happens, at least for a few hours, is, um, is he disrupts the system in a very prophetic uh, action that foretold, actually, the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. This is what happens. Without the money... Uh, the animals could not be supplied. Uh, without the animals, there could be no sacrifice. And without a sacrifice, there could be no reason for a temple. And Jesus destroys that. And he says, I am the temple. Here's what's doubly powerful. This is what's genius about what Jesus does. So 
he makes this sign of the destruction of the temple. But what he's actually doing is he's making a sign about his own death. He's making a sign about how the rituals need to be destroyed and all of that is going to be focused on Jesus himself. All the sins of the world, there, there must be a sacrifice for those sins. There, there will be vindication. There will be justice. But it's not going to happen in the building. It's going to happen in Jesus' body. So Jesus shines a light on the silliness of temple culture, on the silliness of these rituals as an end in themselves. The silliness of thinking that these rituals can make God pleased with us or, or that we can earn God's favor or that we can find transcendence if we work hard enough to, to be like God. And God goes, my grace does not play on that playing field. So when Jesus said, it's finished, it is finished, the veil blocking access to the Holy of Holies was torn. And the last sacrifice was made in Christ. And there was no need for a temple anymore. And then when Jesus rose from the grave and the Spirit came upon all the believers, a new kind of community was born. A community that, that Paul calls the temple of God. The place where heaven and earth meet. So, so Jesus' invitation to you today and every day is... Don't go back to temple culture. Don't go back to the rituals that make you think that you can find transcendence. Don't go back to the rituals that make you think that you have appeased God because you've done them perfectly. Don't live in the guilt and shame of, that, of failing to do those rituals because grace doesn't play on that playing field. What's amazing about all of this is that Jesus gives us gifts and then we make them an end in themselves. And so Jesus has to remove the gift from us and show us what's really important, himself, in order for us, in order for him to give the gift back to us and have it be in its rightful place. So these rituals, sporting events, the mall, um, all of these things that we do to practice meeting with God, you know, going to the mountains, all of these things, there's nothing wrong with them in, in and of themselves, but we make them idols. And, and remarkably, Jesus says, I'm going to liberate you from that so that you can see that I have made you the temple of God as you belong to me. And since you belong to me, everywhere you go, you are bringing the temple of God. It's way bigger. It's way bigger than any building could contain. That's the plan of God. So you're, you're probably thinking, okay, well, why do we gather in a building then? Why do we bother ga- gathering at 1601 Limekiln Pike? Well, when we do, we're actually making a declaration about what we think about God, about who God is. What we're saying is, is Jesus is returning. Jesus is coming back and we're going to be ready. And we are practicing We're practicing the kingdom of God. We're practicing heaven and earth meeting as all the temples gather in a building. Do you catch that? It's not that we all gather at a temple. It's that the temples, the temples of God, gather at a building. And so we're transformed into God's likeness as we gather. We express our love for him as we gather. 
and we are actually on mission when we gather. Because the world's watching. The world wants to know what we're doing. The world wants to know if it, if, if it has any significance. The world wants to know if it's meaningful at all. And so when we gather, we, we offer intercession. When we gather, we set ourselves apart from the world. And we'll talk more about those things in the next couple weeks when uh, Bill Crewson preaches next week and then Jake preaches the week after that. So when we gather, it's not about the building. It's not about Chelton's building. And it's remarkable. The, the way that we've been gathering in the pandemic has demonstrated that it's not about the building. We love the building. And these times are not ideal. Uh, gathering virtually, uh, preaching to a lens, none of those things are ideal. And so you know, we scramble to do the best that we can. But what we've demonstrated is that it's the Spirit that guides us. It's the Holy Spirit that makes us His church, wherever we are. So God's church, the temple of God, gathers. We also scatter. We scatter because the presence of God in this world is bigger than a building. We scatter because the presence of God needs to go forth into every nook and cranny of His creation. We scatter because everywhere you go, you are bringing the presence of God. Everywhere you go, the physical and the spiritual meet. Everywhere you go, heaven and earth come together because you belong to Jesus. And Jesus is the union of the divine and the human. And when we belong to him, we become his temple. So everywhere you go, you go to form people into the likeness of Christ. You go to express your love for Jesus in every situation. And you go because the world is looking and wants to know what it means that the divine and the human have come together finally. The, the world longs to see heaven and earth meet. And so we are the answer to that. Jesus has made us his temples. So as we go from this place, as, as you go your way and I go mine, I have some questions, you know, maybe that, that would help you. If you're, if you're with a group of people, you guys can discuss this afterwards. Or if you're by yourself, you can call someone and say, hey, well, I want to talk about these things because I want to make this real in my life now. I want to see the gospel move forward in my life. And I want to learn how to repent of the places where I have been living in temple culture. And I want to live in Christ. I want to live knowing that Jesus is what I need. I want to live a life of prayer that talks to Jesus and asks him for wisdom and guidance, especially in these troubled times. So here are a couple questions. Can you, can you be the place where heaven and earth meet? If you don't know Jesus, you can't be the place where heaven and earth meet. And so if you don't know Jesus, talk to someone, email me, email someone on staff. If you haven't met the divine, you, you're not participating. It doesn't matter if you go to the mountains. If you haven't met Jesus, you're missing out. And even if you do know Jesus, is this something that you can do? Can you see yourself as the temple of God? Can you see yourself as the place where heaven and earth meet? Can you be a temple to your friends and family and even your enemies so that they come to you looking for wisdom, looking for grace, looking for mercy and justice. And they come to you. What they're looking for is the place where heaven and earth meet. So you, can you become a, a source of forgiveness? 
where you declare the forgiveness of God that is in Christ? Can you declare that the sacrifice has been paid by Jesus Christ? Can you embody Jesus' prayer when he says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? That's the temple of God. That's the union of the divine and the human. Heaven and earth meet in Christ, and we belong to him. We are his church, his new community. So Lord, help us, give us mercy, show us how to do these things because we love you and we want to follow you and we want to be your temple. We want to be the place where heaven and earth meet. We pray these things in your name. Amen.